I'm honored to share with you today, you know. Um, for a lot of us, we've been doing church for a long time together, praise God. Uh, 37, some of, some, a few of you, you know, too many of my, my friends have gone on. I'm thinking, uh, I don't want them to have to stay here, but I don't like it when they leave. <laughs> uh, anyway, well, we've been doing a lot of church together. Maybe some of you are just getting to know, you know, you're new to church. And, and, uh, but we love everybody just the same. Praise the Lord. Doing a lot of memories, a lot of victories, a lot of challenges, a lot of Christmases together. I was thinking this morning, all the things we've done for Christmas Eve, everything from camels walking around here to, <laughs> I mean, we've, we've done it. We had some of the most beautiful dramas and plays you can just ever mention in, the, in years past. And we had snow one year. It wasn't natural. <laughs> We had it blown in. We've done all kinds of things for Christmas, Christmas Eve, but it's been a wonderful time, hasn't it? But I know, particularly in the times when uh, Pastor Scott, you know, he continues right on in there, just making it all special. But uh, I can remember, especially, especially particularly during the times when Monica and I were, you know, the uh, senior pastor, lead pastor, whatever you want to call us. But uh, we always tried to put a solid foundation of the life of faith inside you. That's always been our goal. And a, a solid foundation of, of living in the spirit, the life in the spirit. Because after 40 something years, I found out that the only, only way that you could ever hope to enjoy the fullness of the benefits of redemption is to come to a place to where that you know how God thinks. And you find out, out through his word. You, you learn how does he think, what does he think. And you learn how he does things. Amen. So important. That's why we study the scriptures. That's why we are you know, a church that disciples. We, uh, discipleship is one of the pillars of our church. Knowing the way God thinks. And, uh, and it's different from the world. How many of you know that? He didn't think like the world. And he doesn't do things like the world. But then you're going to have to add something to it just to know how he thinks and, and how he does things isn't enough. Then, you, then you've got to set yourself to practice and to begin to do, to do, to imitate, as the scripture says, act the same way that the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit teaches us in, in the word. Because it's the only way. It's the only way that we'll ever be able to enjoy the things of redemption. Redemption is a wonderful word. It's a powerful word. It's powerful. It's one of the most wonderful gifts that the Lord could give us. You know, it's, it's not one, it kind of sounds religious, you know, because we only mostly hear it in church. But it's a, it's a powerful, powerful word. It, it, means, it means that uh, we're delivered, delivered, and in the next Nelson's Bible Dictionary, it says delivered by payment of a price. When something is delivered by the payment of a price, it's redeemed. It means, it means to pay a ransom to regain something or someone that you've lost. Amen. And redemption. God, God redeemed us from the effects of sin, the curse, disease, lack, our flesh, the world, and all of, all of, all of those things. 
When you read about redemption in the Old Testament, almost, almost all the time it deals with a human relationships. You know, the redeeming of a kin folk, someone who is kin of another of their kin, maybe in debt or they're enslaved or something has happened in their life. They, and so the, kin, the kinsman comes in and redeems. But when you read of redemption in the New Testament, it's almost always referred to what Jesus has done. It's referred to salvation. It's referred to the coming of the Lord coming into our life. And it is just, it's just one of, the most, it's one of the most wonderful things that could happen to us. Jesus coming and redeeming, redeeming us to pay the, the price to regain those that he has lost. He lost it at, at the fall. But now you know if you don't know, if you don't know what Jesus redeemed you for, you just don't know. And you won't enjoy it. How many of you know that? Uh, if you don't know how to access it, if you don't know how to access what, what Jesus has redeemed you from and given, taken you to, uh, you, you just won't. If you don't believe it, if you only know part of it, if you only know part of redemption. And many believers are this way because, you know, how I many of you know the whole Bible, everything in the Bible, and there's nothing else you can learn? There's none of us that way, right? right? But if you, whatever part you know of redemption, you have available to you. I think it was Brother Hagen that uh, he, would, he would teach us when he was here. He, 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 he's read, written it in several of his books also. He says, but you can't believe for things that you've never heard about. You can't, be, you can't truly believe. Now, God can do things in your life as an act of grace and mercy that you never heard about, but you can't really believe for things that you never heard about. If you don't know, if you don't know, it's like uh, in, in the, the book of Romans where it talks about, well, how, do they, how will they know if they've never heard the gospel? How will, they, how will they hear if they don't have a preacher? How will they have a preacher if they're not sent? So knowing is very important to, to the blessed life, to, uh, which I just, you know, think is part of, of, of redemption. Amen. Knowing what God says, knowing what he thinks, knowing the way, his way of doing things, and then imitating them in, the, in your life is the key to the supernatural. It's the key to the blessings of being born again. Thank God for being born again. There's no blessing better and more longer lasting than the new birth. Thank God for that. But then redemption includes so, so very much more for us. Amen. So, and so much of what, uh, of what redemption buys for us are things that uh, we just take them. We just take them because God said them. We take it by faith. Somebody said, "Well, I just don't understand that." That's okay. You can still believe for it if you know about it. Well, I don't understand how God does that. Well, uh, if He, you know, maybe you'll come to understand it. But uh, the thing to do would be just, hey, just if it's in there, just just believe it. If it's written in the book, just believe it. If God says it, just believe it. If it lines up with Scripture, can you just believe it? And if you can just believe it, Jesus didn't say you have to know everything in the whole world. But when you do know something, you just believe it. Can I have an amen? amen. So, so this, this knowing God's ways, knowing God's thoughts. I know you've heard me say this now for five, six years because this is the burning thing God put in my heart. And I can't get away from it. But knowledge is important. Knowing the thinking of God and the ways of God is so much, it's, it's, it's just the keys 
So the scriptures talk about it in different ways, and there's a, there's a beginning, there's a, you know, and then there's a depth of this. So it talks about knowing, and the scriptures then talk about understanding, and then the, the scriptures talk about wisdom. Say it with me, knowing, knowing. Understanding, understanding, and wisdom. Three things, three things. Now let me, let me give you some scriptures here. I'm just in my chapter one, okay, the message. I'll go to chapter two in a few minutes. Uh, or you don't know how many chapters I got in this message, but what time is it anyway? Okay, Proverbs chapter three and verse 13 through 15. Now we're talking about here the value, the, the, the worth, the importance. Uh, if you want the blessed life, of, of this thing called knowing and understanding and wisdom. Proverbs 3.13 says, Happy is the man who finds wisdom. Stop right there for just a minute. Happy. And another translation says, How happy, how blessed. I love that. Oh, how happy, how blessed. I want that to describe me. Mm, happy. Who finds. That's a good word. That means to find something, you're going to have to be looking for, You're going to have to be searching for it, Right? Right, yeah, okay, so we've been searching, we've been, we've been pursuing. Happy, how happy is the man who finds wisdom? And the man who gains understanding. Amen. It says her, her proceeds are better than the profits of silver. Um, we could say the word profit there. The, the, the profit of this is better than profits of silver. Or money, business, you know, all of these endeavors you, you have, you're all in there. And then it says, and her gain, then find gold. She, she. Notice that. Now, three times already, the writer has referred to this wisdom. He personifies it. Isn't that something? She. He didn't say it. It says like a she. And, and I believe there's a very reason uh, she now I'm not trying to you know get in here and she and he and la 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 don't get me off on that and don't send me notes and letters I'm not going to read them but <laughs> she it says she why it's usually a description of a nurturer a, a mother like uh, caring protector caring for something you know that's I mean doesn't that personify what mama is and what she is the woman the you know so this that's why it uses that wisdom is like this it, it nurtures you it can care for you take care of you it, it'll heal you when you're sick it it'll do all kinds of things for you it'll rub you when you need comfort you know yeah it's what it says notice it says she is more precious than rubies and all the things that you could desire cannot compare to her. If you go on and read on down verse 16 and 17, it goes on to say other things that, uh, that wisdom helps you attain. There's, there's long, fruitful life, um, the provision and, and, and wealth and favor and honor, uh, pleasantness, pleasantness, beauty, unity, delight, uh, peace, contentment, all of those things are mentioned. You go back to verse 18 in, in Proverbs 3.18. It says, she, again, she is a tree of life to those who take hold of her. Wisdom. She's tree of life. What is that? That's, that's like food for longevity. Food for just living in the kingdom of God and living in the things of God. She's like this, this tree of life. 
for those who will take hold of her. And, with, and happy are all who retain her. Amen. Psalms 111 verse 10, it says this is the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The reverence for God is the beginning of all wisdom. We're not talking about man's wisdom here. We're talking about God. We're talking about a supernatural thing because there is that supernatural life available to us. Amen. We are people, but we are spirits. I got three amens, but that's what we are. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It's where it all starts. A good understanding of all those who do his commandments. Do just what he says. His thoughts and his ways. His praise endures forever. Proverbs 2 and verse 3. I'm going to read this from the Living Bible. It says, yes, if you want better insight and discernment, and you're searching for them as you would for lost money or hidden treasure, you're searching, you're searching, you're one of those people, then wisdom will be given you. If you want it, if you're searching. If you want it, if you're searching. Like it's, like it's treasure, then it'll be given to you. And the knowledge of God himself. And you'll soon learn the importance and reverence for the Lord or the, the fear of the Lord and, the trust, and trusting him, faith in God. For the Lord grants wisdom. He just endows it, a grant, you know, we use that word. Somebody gets a grant or an endowment. He just, he just does it, you know, when we, when we want it and we seek it. His every word is a treasure of knowledge and understanding. He grants good sense to the godly. Oh, God, give me that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Have you ever? No, I won't go there. Praise the Lord. He grants good sense. You ever known people, they've got so much information up here, but they have no good sense at all. They say, Lord, you just, they just don't have any good sense. Now, what does that all mean? I don't know. But anyway, good sense to the godly. He is their shield, mm, protecting them, mm, guarding their pathway. He shows how to distinguish right and wrong. Well, I just don't know if that's right or wrong. Well, God would do that for you. How to find the right, the, the right decision every time for wisdom and truth will enter Oh, I like this verse. You need to mark this in your Bible. Wisdom and truth will enter the very center of your being. Filling your life with joy. Now, wait a minute. The center of your being. This is something supernatural. This is divine. It didn't say it entered your head. Although it will translate to your head once you get it inside you. The center of your being. Your soul, your spirit, man. It'll come inside. We're talking about something Supernatural here. Wisdom, understanding, uh, uh, knowledge, understanding, and wisdom. Knowledge, understanding, a progression that we walk in. What is knowledge? It's information. Getting information, getting, getting the facts, the, uh, the intellect, knowing, discovering things. Amen. Becoming aware of something. Praise the Lord. And you know, you may not understand it yet, but you become aware. Wow. You get, it in, you get the, the, the knowledge in your head. You may not know what to do with it yet, but you, you're getting, you're, you heard something. You searched out something. You found it out. And then, then God will take you to a place of understanding it. Understanding. You, you begin to have insight of how something 
can work or what is it made up of, all the parts and how they go back together and, and you comprehend the nature of a thing, the intended uh, uh, need or intended purpose of something. Amen. It's like then putting some common sense to knowledge. You know what I'm saying? And then we go this thing called wisdom in the Bible. Godly wisdom. It's, it's a supernatural thing. You can't, you can't hardly forget one of the occasions in the scriptures when Solomon was made the king and he didn't know, he went to the Lord. He says, Lord, I don't, I'm a kid. I, have, I don't know what to do. I don't know how to be a king. Teach me. Help me to know right from wrong. And the Lord says, because you asked for that, I'm going to give, give you wisdom. He became known as one of the, the, the wisest men in the earth. Amen. What was it? It was, a, it was an endowment from the Lord. It was, it was where he, he, he took knowledge, he took understanding, and uh, he, he knew how to skillfully apply knowledge and skillfully use the, uh, the understanding that he had at the right time, at the right place for the right thing. And, and uh, the, the purpose was that God does it through people so ultimately God can bring to pass his best in your life and the best for those around you and, and things that would bring him glory. Yes. Amen? Amen? So, you know, God has a purpose in all this. His will, his will for you and his will for those around you is to be in accordance to the intentions of the kingdom of God that you're a citizen of. This is why... This is why supernaturally wisdom and this spirit of wisdom, in one place in the Bible it talks about the spirit of wisdom. That's kind of a, man, well, kind of, that's a bad word. It's a manifestation of this, the Holy Spirit within us, the spirit of wisdom. It comes from God. It wants to work through you. It wants to work, work through me for my good and for the glory of God. Can I have an amen? amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Proverbs chapter 4 says, Wisdom is the principal thing. The NIV says it's the supreme thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And all, all your understanding, get, or all you're your getting, get understanding. Exalt it. And she, here again, personifying it, will promote you. And she will bring you honor and, uh, when you embrace her. And she will place on your head an ornament of grace. Grace? That's uh, favor and honor. Praise the Lord. And a crown of glory she will deliver to you. And I just add something else right here. God-inspired wisdom is not just for a few select super spiritual people. You know? They're just, oh, well, you know, they're so wise because, you know, they're so close to the Lord. Or... This kind of wisdom doesn't just come to the super intellectual. I remember a scripture somewhere in the New Testament which says God chose the foolish things of the world to confound the world's wise. Amen. So he can use us all so, you know, we can all take. Amen. It's for everybody. This kind of wisdom for the blessed life. The blessed life. Wisdom for the blessed life. James 1 says, if any man lacks wisdom, I have prayed this prayer over myself, over my family, over congregants, 
over so many times, someone will say, well, you know, Pastor, I need you to pray for me about so-and-so. And, and this just comes in my mind. Is James chapter 1, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. Amen. If, you lack, if you don't know what to do, well, let me call so-and-so. Let me go to the library. Oh, that's good. But the first thing you ought to do is go ask God. Amen. Go ask God. Go ask the Lord. If any man lacks wisdom, let him ask, uh, ask God. And God will give him, give it generously. That's everything you need to know. And without finding fault, he doesn't say, you are so stupid. I cannot believe you are so stupid. You don't know that. No. No. He doesn't do that to us, does he? He just gives it to us. And, and, and uh, he, the only thing that he, that he requests, he says, listen, but when you ask, you got to believe and don't doubt. Believe what? What? You ever think about that? Believe what? Believe that he's giving you wisdom for whatever it is that you ask him about. Amen. It's already being released from heaven. It's coming. Amen. And you can beg him more and more and intercede and, you know, fast for two weeks, three weeks. I mean, there's nothing wrong with, you know, praying and fasting, but your prayer ought to change over into, thank you, Lord, you're, you're answering my prayer. Thank you, Lord. At the right time, at the right place, in the right way, I will know, I will know, I will not make a mistake. I will know what you want me to do. Amen? Amen. Amen. Now, he says, if you are like this doubter, you just, you know, you're blown around, you're tossed around. That man didn't think he's going to get anything from the Lord. He's double-minded. He's unstable in all of his ways. So, so we, we, we ask and we believe. We're talking about... I'm talking about godly wisdom and that it's the key to the blessed, blessed life. All right. Praise the Lord. But now that's my chapter one. Amen. Amen. And um, I just wanted to share because the importance, this is key. This is important. We don't just get saved. Go to church once a month. Turn on, turn on our television and stream the service and then go do something else. Thank you. I got one amen. There's a lot of quietness in this church today. You know, no, no, this is important. This is key to the blessed life. Why don't God bless me? Why am I having so many problems? Well, you may be going at the process, you know, but you may just not know what you're doing. Thank you. Hallelujah. I don't have to preach every Sunday now, so, you know, I can just, you'll, have, you'll have compassionate, merciful Scott back next Sunday. <laughs> Hallelujah. This is a good scripture. I, I was reading in Ephesians, and Apostle Paul said this to the church there. Paul loved his churches. All these churches he was an apostle to. He was all the time writing to them, helping them, correcting them, fixing them, and blessing them. And he said in verse 15, he said, For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and your love for all the saints, he says, I have not stopped giving thanks for you and remembering you in my prayers. And this was the prayer he's praying. I just keep praying that the, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, 
will give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you can know him better. Amen. Amen. I want to know him better. I want to know him better. So let's see. Let me, let me jump onto this other thing here. I just got time. Um, about, I don't know, several Sundays ago, remember when Brother Ivan Tate was here? How many of you, anybody here when Ivan was here? Anyway, he, he came and he preached to us and he talked about, if you all remember, longevity in this walk with God. He, he talked about being a victorious Christian and not just surviving by painful experience and so forth. And, and uh, he, gave, he gave us, I think it was 13, but I, I don't remember if he called them this, but they were wisdom keys Things that just lined up with God's thinking and God's ways, you know, and uh, wisdom keys that had to do with longevity and, and the life of victory in Jesus. He said he had 30, but I think he gave us 13. And so I, I wrote them down. I mean, I could tell immediately as he began to preach it. I could tell immediately, now these are keys. These are keys. I need to, I need to get inside me. And I wrote them down and I added them to my list. For uh, 40 years, I've been adding, I have a list of wisdom keys. Some of them the Lord gave me, just, just me, just in prayer. He just gave them to me. Some of them, you know, I heard other people say. Uh, some of them I don't even know where I got them, but I just know they line up with the scriptures. You know, maybe I heard them from one of the great ministers, um, um, you know, in the past. Anyway, but so I was, these wisdom keys, they're just so key to, they're, they're the thing to, to help you know uh, the blessed life. And I pull, I pull mine out. You know, in fact, in this Bible right here, I've got a, I've got a list of, of some of them right here just to folded together. And they're just one-liners, wisdom keys, just things, you know, to help you know so that you can walk in the blessed life with the Lord. So anyway, I was meditating on today, and, and uh, I felt it would please the Lord if, if I just maybe give you a few of some of the wisdom keys um, that have been the most meaningful to me. And I'm not going to have time for 13, surely not 30, maybe six or seven. I'll give you a few until I run out of time. Is that okay? Anybody, are you with me on that? Praise the Lord. These are just, these are just things that the Lord, because knowing how important it is, think like God thinks and, and do things the way God does, knowing how important it is to the blessed life. Uh, so let me, let me just give you a few of them, okay? The first one, and these are not in order of, you know, the have to be. But this is one of the most important things I learned as a baby Christian. I learned that you cannot pray, you cannot pray away your flesh. You can't pray, you cannot pray, you can't come to a prayer line and pray away your flesh. When I say by flesh, that's that your old carnal nature. The things, you know, you can't have hands laid on you. Believe me, I've tried. Things that I've battled in the flesh, things that, you know, they were, they were just my old flesh habits. And I, I tried. I had, I had, you know, the best that I could find. Lay hands on me, pray, cast out, spit on me, do whatever else, slap me, push me in the floor. I've tried, I tried all kinds of things. But you can't, you can't, what you have to do is you have to conquer them. Yes. You have to conquer them. You conquer them through Christ. And I'm going to talk to you just a couple of minutes about it. But you cannot pray away your flesh. You cannot pray. I've had all kinds of things, you know. Uh, and people are, they're sincere and honest and we want to do that. I wish everything could be solved in a prayer line. 
That's what I wish. I would, you just come up here. I'm going to pray for you. Zip, zip, zop, and you are fine. You are blessed. You are, you got it. But sometimes you just don't work that way. You know, like I just, would you pray for me? God make me, that, that God will make me hungry for him. Yeah, I'll pray with you. I'll pray with you. But, you know, uh, there's more to it. There's more to it than that. Um, I remember there's a scripture that says uh, the, the, the word was sown into the, into the heart of a person, but uh, the cares of this world and the lust of other things and the deceitfulness of riches it just was there, and it, and it caused the word not to be fruitful. I remember, you know, there's scriptures about these things. So I'm, I really can't pray that, that, uh, that you'll be hungry for God. I can tell you how to get hungry for God. And prayer is important because it, it, it's, it's the beginning point. It, it, re, it reveals a desire. And everything good from God starts with a desire. So you're, at the, you're just at the desire point, praise the Lord. So you're going to pray. Uh, I pray, just pray with me. God, give me, God will give me faith. God will give me more faith. Well, I'll pray with you, but that's not all there is to it. Because <laughs> Romans chapter 12 says that God's given to every man the measure of faith. That degree, that measure, the metron of, of faith, you know. Now, I can also pray with you that if you give yourself to it, God will help you grow your faith. Yes. It'll get stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger by the hearing of the word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God and hearing the word of God. I can help you know that. But you're not going to get more faith in the prayer line. Okay. Praise the Lord. Or God, uh, that God will give me patience. I don't think you even want to pray that prayer. <laughs> I give you more patience. Because the trying of your faith worketh patience. Yes. Amen. Not the prayer line. Amen. Now I can pray with you, and prayer is important because it's expressing desire. But the trying of your faith, let your faith, let your faith work because the trying of your faith works patience. And let patience have its perfect work in you. And you'll become to where you're perfect and entire, and you don't have to want anything. You understand what I'm saying? So the, this is the important wisdom key to live in the blessed life. Praise God. Well, oh, pastor, you know, I, I just help God make me pray, pray more. <laughs> I wish I could pray that over every one of us. <laughs> I want my prayer life to be better. That's great. You started right there at a good place. You started with desire. I was at Larry Lee years and years ago. Uh, God was using him greatly in, in the uh, ministry of prayer and teaching on prayer. And he gave such a powerful uh, message one day. He talked about people wanting to pray and to have a desire to pray. We know we read it in the scripture, a desire to pray. And in the steps to that, there's a desire to pray. Then the next thing comes over into a discipline to pray. There's a discipline that we do. We discipline ourselves to pray. Well, I'm going to get up at 6 o'clock this morning, and I, I'm not going to pray three hours. I'm going to pray, pray 10 minutes. What is your discipline? What can you do? You begin to set a habit. You begin to do it. You discipline yourself. 
well, I don't feel very good this morning. You discipline yourself, you know, and you begin to, then you discipline yourself. And after you do that, and you begin to reap the benefits of the beautiful things that you've dis disciplined yourself for, because the prayer becomes a wonderful time. You're talking to God. God's talking to you. Things are happening. He's speaking information and wisdom into your life. Now you move over into delight. It's a delight to pray. Nobody has to make you, and you don't have to go to the prayer line and say, God, oh, pray with me that God will make me pray more. He's not going to make you pray more. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You know, I just, would you pray with me, Pastor, that God will make me love him more? Yes, I'll, I'll pray with you. But there's more to it. There's a scripture that says, where your treasure is, there will your heart be. How do I come to love God more? Whatever's important to you, what's your treasure? Time? Life? Love? Peace? Prosperity? Where your treasure is, the important, that's, where, that's where your heart's going to be. The time we begin to invest in the Lord, the, 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 where you plant those things that are precious to you. It may be your money, it may be some, but then, hey, your heart's going to be there. And before long, you know, when I got saved, I got saved because I didn't want to go to hell. That's true. I didn't want to burn in hell. When I was growing up, I heard so many hell stories, sermons. <laughs> I mean, I went and got saved every other week because I, you know, and so I first got, I didn't get saved because I love God. I didn't even understand the principle that God loved me first and so I'm going to, now I do. Now I do. As I begin to worship him and learn the word and learn his thoughts and ways, now I do. Man, I tell you, you couldn't beat salvation out of me now. You know, because uh, it's just, just, hey, it's there. Praise the Lord. Amen. But I got saved for that other reason. But now my treasure's there. I put all my treasures into the Lord. Amen. Everything is important. Everything I have is His. Every thought, every way, every possession, it's all His. Praise the Lord. But it took me 40 years to get there. Amen. And so my heart's there now. My heart is there. Amen. You understand what I'm saying? So here, here's, this, is my, this was my... My, my principle here is you, you can't pray, wish away things of the flesh. You've got to deal with them. You have to conquer them. And you say, well, how do I do that? I'm going to give you real quickly here. We may not get past one of these things, but how do I do it? Number one, Galatians chapter 5 and verse 16. Get this one down, put it in you. It is the key. It's the key to dealing with your flesh. Paul said to this church, he says, you walk in the spirit. Walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of your flesh. Well, that's a simple one, but it's not easy to do. But it's simple. Walk in the spirit. Uh, Galatians 5, 16 there in the, in the NIV says, live by the spirit. And we're talking about the Holy Spirit. Live by the Holy Spirit and you'll not fulfill the desires of your flesh. There's not a one of us in here that doesn't struggle or, or battle our flesh in some way. There are some things that, that every single one of us in here do. I don't care how spiritual you are and how, much you, how long you've, you've, you've walked with the Lord. 
The question is, what do you battle your flesh over? What do you battle? Is it anger? Is it, is it impatience? Is it gossip? Is it, you know, fear, lying, pornography? Is it pride, self-pity, self-centeredness? Did I say lying? I'll say it again. <laughs> lying? You know, ego, addictions, hatred. What is it? Unforgiveness? Immorality? Come on. Amen. Is it idolatry? Loving things more than God? The occult, witchcraft, jealousy, love of money. Got to have that money. Stuff? Strife? Arguing? All this stuff. Drunkenness? You know, have I left anything out? Loose lips? Laziness? <laughs> Cowardness? If I stepped on anybody's toes yet? If you've ever been bothered with any of those things, how many of you have ever got victory over them in the prayer line? Not a one of you. Amen. Not a one of you. Why? Because there's more to it than that. Amen. So, so because prayer is important and it's, it's key. It, it's the starting point. It's the place of desire. Amen. But then to conquer your flesh, you got to do this discipline. Repent. Turn around. Not just say, I'm sorry, Lord, but turn. Make a change. Surrender your life. Surrender your flesh to the Holy Spirit and walk in it. And I guarantee you, whenever we begin to do that, you know how the Holy Spirit's going to lead you? Exactly in line with God's thoughts and in God's ways. Amen. Uh, Galatians 5, 16 again. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your life and then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. This is what he'll do. He'll begin to produce love and joy and peace. Oh, thank you. That's a good life. That's a blessed life. That's the blessed life. Love. I don't have a problem loving people and joy. There's an inward content, contentment inside the joy. It's just, yeah, praise the Lord. Peace. Hallelujah. Patience. Mm, working on that one. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, help me. Kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. All of these are wonderful. Amen. We just, we just have to, you know, take the wisdom key. You just can't pray away some things. The works of the flesh, the works of the flesh, you've got to deal with them and you've got to conquer them through the word of God. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. I can't believe it. I'm out of time and I got, I've discovered one. Doing <laughs> two? I give two? I'll give you this one. Right priorities. When right priorities become your daily habit, your dreams can become a reality. When right priorities become your daily habit, your dreams can become a reality. I think it was Bill Moore, a pastor down in South Texas. He says, your victory is in your daily routine. Your victories are in your daily routine. In other words, what you, what you prioritize and then what you practice in your everyday, in your everyday living. Right habits, right habits produce right results. Amen. Godly habits produce a godly life. These are all wisdom keys. These, this is what produces it. One, one of the greatest hindrances, I think, for many of us as believers is in, it, uh, in enjoying you know, the blessed life is, 
is <laughs> we major on the wrong things. We, we major on the screaming things in our life. We, we, we major on things that just grab us, you know, or our priorities out of order. And it's a fight. It's really a fight every day. Get your priorities in order. The things that are really important, you know, analyzing, a- analyzing your daily routine is a predictor of success or failure in life. Amen. Just stop and think about it. I believe it was Brother Lester Summerall, one of the great generals of faith. He, he made a statement in a message one time. He said, I'll hang around a person for just a little while. I can observe their priorities, their habits, their daily routine, and I can tell pretty quickly how successful they will be at accomplishing their dreams in the Lord. I thought, you know, that is wise. Wisdom keys. We're talking about them to the blessed, to the blessed life. You know, because these things come from the Lord. You can read the, you can read the hottest book on the, what is it, the New, New York, whatever. You know, you can look at, look at videos. You can get information until your knowledge, until your brain is crammed. Ten steps to, to see your dream, 30 steps you know, easy steps to produce or achieve a dream. But without us permitting the Holy Spirit to set our priorities, so we're tapping into his wisdom and aligning our life with God's purposes, then our dreams, they just have a way of never coming to pass. Are you with me? Isn't that something? Do I have time for one more? Being out of God's intended place and his purpose will position you for temptation. Being out of your place. You just get out of your place. You get out of your purpose for a little while. And it'll position you. It'll put you in a place for the enemy to come in and tempt you. You know. A wise man never, never, never decides that he is above temptation from the devil. I don't care how long you've walked with God. How much you know the Lord. How much you read the Bible. But a wise man understands this. It's temptation, and a deceiver is called the deceiver for a reason. He deceives and seduces. Amen. But what does that do? It, it puts us in that place. A foolish man believes that he's above it. Amen. You just, you know, leave your purpose and leave your being, you know. So before long, before long, the tempter comes. David is a... Um, an excellent example of that. And one of the stories about King David in the, in the Old Testament, the Bible says that it was the time, it was the season, it was the time for, for battle. But David decided, well, I don't know his reasons. I, I really don't. The Bible doesn't tell us his reasons. But he decided, for whatever reason, I'm going to stay home. Uh, and I'm just going to send my men out. They can do the job. And they could. But I'm just going to send them. I'm going to stay here at the house for, and whatever he wanted to do. And so I'm going to go let them fight the battles and I'm sure they'll check in with me every now and then. So he's at home and one evening he walks out and he's standing at the window. Uh, palace, I'm sure it was over, you know, uh, overlooking the city there, Jerusalem. His, his uh, palace was in Jerusalem and he's just looking around and uh, he sees this beautiful lady. Wow. And uh, then she's bathing. Now, he could have, he could have moved. <laughs> he could have walked away. He could have pulled the curtains. He could have said, oops. 
Uh-oh. He could, but he didn't. He didn't. He could have been out with his men in the, in the battle where he was supposed to be. He could have been in his place fulfilling his purpose, but he wasn't. And so he looked and he just kept looking. Didn't turn his head, didn't close the window. The wrong place, wrong time. Amen. Out of place, out of purpose. What did it do for him? You know, the devil is always looking for somebody to tempt. Sometimes your greatest temptations are when you're alone. When you're alone. And that's when the strength of the Holy Spirit wants to move up inside you and say, hey, that's not right. You put it aside. The Bible says God doesn't tempt men with evil. Oh, I'm tempted of the Lord. He tempted me with, with, this, with this woman. You know, that's a lie. He don't tempt people with evil. Neither is he tempted with evil. Amen. He doesn't use that to see if you're strong enough. Will you keep looking or not? No. Amen. He doesn't do that. So what does this temptation come to? So here he was. What did it lead him to? Dear Lord, it led him to some trouble. It led him to some trouble, you know. It led him to adultery. Uh, it, le- it led him to lies. It led him to deception. It led him to murder. He murdered her husband. Put him right up on front of the battle. It, it led him to um, getting her pregnant. And it led him to the shame. It led, it led him to losing the child. The devil tempts you. Get you doing something, then stand back and laugh at you. Talk about how you are such a fool. He'll make you think you are worth nothing. God's, anyway, praise the Lord. I'm just giving you a few wisdom keys. I don't know how to stop this now, but I got to because it's time's over. (laughs) Amen. Praise the Lord. But anyway, maybe someday we'll get back. How many of you know that boredom will lead you to sin? I remember somebody asking Brother, Brother Summerall one time, says, Brother Summerall, what do you do when you get bored? He said, I don't ever get bored. He said, I don't believe in being bored. Amen. He said, I stay so busy doing things for the Lord. I stay so busy, you know, doing the Lord's work, reading his work, preaching and traveling and doing what God wants me to do. I don't have time to be bored. And every kid that we have, your children, ask them, Ask them what's going on in their life. I'm bored. No. But you don't have time to be bored. Just get busy with the Lord. Okay, I'm shutting up. Lord, we just thank you. Thank you for this morning. It's been a good day. Hallelujah. We thank you for your wisdom, knowing your thoughts and your ways. And Jesus, uh, we just thank you that what we share, just go into hearts. Hallelujah. Let it be good seed, good soil. And we bless you for it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Jesus is good. We're going to be down here for prayer. And our prayer partners are going to come. If anyone needs prayer, God bless you. You just come on down and we'll minister to you. And uh, we'll be here as long as you need prayer. All right. We love you. Uh, Happy pre-Christmas. Goodbye. (laughs) Hallelujah.